the first movie, Man of Steel. Why, why do we gotta put these in it? Like, don't <laughs> <laughs> Alright, You're listening to Filmmaker Mike and the Boys. Three, two, oh, yeah. one. Yo, everyone, welcome to Filmmaker Mike and the Boys. This is the third episode of 2021. Joining me is Sequestered Jester. Hey, everyone. Kuya. Hi, COVID sucks. And Pinhead. What's up, my babies? All right, so this is our best of 2020 episode where we are just going to focus on what we thought was personally, of course, to each, everyone has their own list. Um, so this is our first time doing this, so be gentle. Um, this is our, our own best of 2020 as far as entertainment and uh, movies, streaming shows, you name it. Uh, we ha- all have our own lists. So as we go on every year, hopefully, um, we will have a more comprehensive list. And uh, it's interesting that uh, we did start the podcast we launched in September of 2020. So some of the stuff that we may mention here, we may have, we probably haven't even mentioned on the podcast yet, uh, believe it or not, because of course, um, we have others. I have some stuff here that I saw before we started recording the podcast as well. So it's uh, and of course we may not uh, have some shows that our listeners or our watcher viewers may have seen that they thought was great in 2020. We encourage you guys if you don't hear a certain show that we mentioned or a movie or whatever it is, um, let us know. Let us uh, make sure to comment in. Uh, the YouTube video or uh, DM us on Instagram and uh, tell us why we should watch a certain show or a movie that we may, if we end up, if we don't end up mentioning it. So uh, I'm going to kick things off. Of course, we're going to start with the small screen um, as far as streaming shows. Um, So we're going to kick it off with uh, our runner ups and then an honorable mention. And then we're going to go around and get everyone else's runner-ups and then their honorable mention if they have any. And then we go with our final picks of like the best of the best. So, all right. So starting with the TV series, my runner-ups, of course, I have to mention this one. This is the the first show that we started uh, reviewing and discussing. Uh, The Boys season two. The Boys returned with season two and... um, it was a it was a pretty good season, and uh, it was nice to have something to look forward to uh, during uh, 2020, and to be able to discuss that. And of course, we had the continuing story of uh, the boys and the seven, so that I thought that was really cool. And then another show that I really enjoyed uh, on Netflix, Umbrella Academy season two. Um, great season. Kicking, uh, fall, uh, continuing off from season one uh, from that cliffhanger ending and uh, again they kick things off in style they travel back in time back in the 60s and um, won't spoil it 
any more than that, but they end the season with another cliffhanger. And then another show that I just recently watched uh, with the wife, uh, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Great, great show. Uh, really enjoyed it. So, and then a show that I discovered, though this show actually debuted on uh, YouTube Premium, I want to say, or YouTube Red a few years ago, but I did just start right. watching this show in 2020 is Cobra Kai. So Cobra Kai, that's when uh, they got it on Netflix, right? Yep. Last year, yep. yeah. So I'm currently on season two. I'm catching up, and then I need to uh, get to season three soon. So, and then that's those are my runner-ups. My honorable mention, I think this show has to be mentioned because this show, whatever you think of it, uh, is when you mention, when you say these two words, uh, a lot of people, anyone who watches Netflix will know, at least, or, or memes or whichever. Tiger King, that's an honorable mention. Um, we, that dropped right at the beginning, right, right around March, I think, right? Forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. when wow. that, um, we when, were all talking about it right before the pandemic kicked our ass. Exactly. Nope. When the craziness of the pandemic and quarantine and all these things that were going on, we just needed something a little bit crazier to focus our attention on. And sure yep. enough, we got uh, Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. And that wild cast of, man, like you thought, oh, this, this person's good, right? No, nah, not really. <laughs> like holy shit uh so yeah that's uh i'm saving my my top show or shows uh so now uh who wants to go next jester like, or kuya i'll go go ahead um all right so <clears throat> runner-ups and then i'm just gonna do my runner-ups and then i'll do my best show of the year so my runner-ups i'll say the boys and then i finished the man in the high castle uh today this morning awesome wow um great show uh oh gosh i don't remember the actor's name the guy that plays uh group and group and fuhrer smith um john Swalls. john smith what's his name john Ruffus walls or uh james Purifoy? oh my gosh oh what's his name anyway that that man deserves an oscar for me he carried the show um he did so well his acting and then his relationship with his wife in the show was truly incredible and if you want to watch the show just for that aspect it's it's so worth it um that would probably be my runner-up for um 2020's best show just because it was so enjoyable. Hold on, I got his name right here. The actor's name is any day now. <laughs> Why are you not on the front page, dude? Wow, thanks for being so prepared. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Okay, so the guy that plays John Smith, his name is Rufus uh, Sewell. Yeah, Sewell, yeah. Art um, City. Yeah, phenomenal actor. Did so good in this. I mean, he. I hope he won an Emmy for this. Um, it, the show did win two primetime Emmys um, for visual effects and for um, 
Oh, just no, those are nominees. Yeah, see, like I'm not prepared. I suck. Yeah. Move on, move <laughs> on, move on. Come on. Oh, a cinematog- cinematography and um main title design is what they won. Yeah, so, so he didn't win any shit. Unfortunately, the dude deserved it though. But anyway, so uh for my final best show of the year, Mandalorian season two. I know that's kind of biased, but it's the show that came I kept coming back every week with a smile on my face. And it just it made the crap year of 2020 like make me smile. So that's that for that one. Kuya. Um I saw one of my one of my favorite shows that I've seen in 2020 was a show called The uh, Good Omens in uh, oh, Amazon yeah. with uh, yeah. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Martin Sheen and as much um, as I hate Neil Gaiman, that was a good show. It's a good show, um, especially yeah, Martin Sheen and um, uh, David Tennant is there. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's funny. It's very altruistic. It's very homey, actually. Second greatest Uh-oh. Doctor Who of all time. Second. <laughs> I can see that. Sorry. I can see that. Not sorry. Um, what else did I see? Uh, I'm not gonna name the boys, but just just because I read the 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 comic books and all that stuff. It, I like the show itself, but it wasn't really like you know captivating for me like, in a sense. Then I'm just like, oh my god, dang, I can't I can't wait to watch this again. Um, there's there was another um <coughs> show on uh, Amazon called uh, Carnival Row. Oh, I saw uh, that, that one. That one is a detective story in in the realm of uh, fairy fantasy and pixies and all that stuff. It's kind of weird, right? Good, uh, good world building. I'll give it. Yeah, that. it's a it's a it's a good mur- it's a it's a murder mystery type of whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so if you like Sherlock Holmes, that's a good one. Um, uh, I, fi- I got finally got to finish Vikings, which is amazing. Wait, you finished the whole show? Yeah. You oh really? Okay, don't spoil nothing. I got I got to finish the last season. Yeah. Yeah. Vikings awesome. is amazing. Um, there was a similar show um, on Netflix. I can't remember when. What was it called? The last, uh, the last Saxon or something like that. Or the oh last... yeah. Uh huh. Anyways, that, that's another one. Queen's Gambit also. I I really liked. It was it was very um, uh, captivating just watching like. Uh, like how how somebody would like you know think of things in in, in a sense you know and how they pat, pattern their, their life in 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 such a straightforward way like like that you know mm. but um yeah if 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 anybody else didn't say Mandalorian too it's gonna be Mandalorian season two mm. but that's the the best show out there right now that, that came out. Yeah, baby. Best the best fillers um, ever. <laughs> best uh, yeah. the one of the best scenes ever, uh, especially for 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 diehard uh, fans like us. Like, uh, remember that scene, um, Pinhead, when the Razor Crest got destroyed, uh, into, like little tiny bits. My favorite scene, Ooh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, I was like, Luke Skywalker did the last scene, really? I I didn't even notice. Because <laughs> at, at the at the end of that that Razor Crest uh, episode, I was just like, "Wow, I, I can't wait! I can't wait for the next you know 
the next instance and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah, I Mandalorian season two. Um, yeah, go ahead, Pinhead. So I'm gonna do it a little different. I'm just gonna name my honorable mentions and then I'll name my top real quick. So my honorable mentions are for the most part it'll be the Queen's Gambit. Yep. I really enjoyed that show, but I didn't finish it, so can't put it on the top list. But with what I saw phenomenal and it's very worth Anna Taylor Joy baby girl you and you're not a baby girl because you're 22 years old so girl you are a very very talented actress and you were the best part in New Mutants I can say that right now because I've I've seen New Mutants three times so I know for a fact you were the best part and the bitch so, yeah, exactly. Like the, the Vivich was the only. She's the only reason why the Vivich was any good. Otherwise, the Vivich was overrated. So yeah. anyway, we'll, we'll we'll get past that anyway. <coughs> the Queen's Gambit is my honorable mention. So if I'm gonna go from five to one, and it's gonna be real quick. Five shocked the shit out of me. I saw Kelly Kuoko was in it, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a chance because you're a good-looking woman, and you're a pretty good actress when you get good material and you prove me right. The flight attendant shocked the shit out of me. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's, 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 it's well-written. It, it, it is, it, it's disguised as this party girl show that turns into this brilliant, brilliant detective story. It is phenomenal. The The synopsis, real quick, without spoiling anything, it's about a flight attendant party girl who loves to get drunk all the time and get wasted. She gets wasted and has sex with this guy, and the results don't turn out so well. She finds out that she he, he ends up being dead in her bed, and I'll leave it at that because after that, that's where the spoilers come in and the mystery is great. Flight attendant... I'm shocked, but it's on my list. Kelly Cuoco, you better damn well get at least a Golden Globe nomination because you were good. Number four goes The Mandalorian. I I loved it. I didn't gush in my pants like everybody else did, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was, even with the fillers, only even though I only said one, but even with the fillers, uh, it was a good show. I, I highly enjoyed it, and my girl which we'll get into that with uh, further down the line with the top wrestlers pick. But my girl was in there. My two girls were in there. Gina, Mercedes, love you. Mm-hmm. Number three is Tiger King. That affected me the most because we watched it so much. We talked about it more than anything, especially in the break room. And we're still talking about it with these fucking memes, you know. <laughs> we're still trying to figure out the mystery of did she put him in the septic tank or did she feed him to the tigers, you know. So that deserved number three. Number two, this surprised me and I really went in with low expectations. Lovecraft Country blew me the fuck away because it took H.P. Lovecraft's 
stories and turn them on their end. And we can get into the reasons why they turned it around. Yes, we get it. He's racist. Not really, if you look into the history. But that's another debate for another time. Anyway, uh, that was a great show. Lovecraft Country was just phenomenal. And my top pick of TV, B-Water. B-Water was not only a phenomenal documentary, but it was just, it was captivating television. You learned so much about Bruce Lee that you never knew before. Even those intricate details that you thought you knew, they told you the truth about them. So B Water is my number one TV. That 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 blew everything out of the water because it was just so fascinating to watch that. ESPN Plus, because Netflix can't take the credit. ESPN Plus, you guys are on point with the Last Dance and B Water. It was a neck and neck race with Last Dance and B Water, but B Water just narrowly knocked the Last Dance out. And the last dance should be an honorable mention. So I'll put it on there. The last dance is phenomenal. It's on Netflix now, but it originated on ESPN plus it's a 30 for 30. So technically, so then that's my top of the TV. All right. So I guess I should have named my top because Jester broke the fucking streak. Yeah. He, he opened I said, the Don't reveal it. It was like, Oh, I'm going to reveal it. <laughs> Wait, I did. Did I interrupt yeah, you? you? You're, 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 no, you're, well, because I, I mentioned first, let's mention our runner-ups and our honorable mentions and then save. Oh, that's and sorry. that's why I did what I did, because since we're sorry. all in the front it's all good, it's all good. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're this good. Why, yeah. Be gentle, um, everyone. So, amateur. <laughs> we'll just do it that way now. So, but my, yeah, please do, please my do. top uh, series, of course, no surprise, is The Mandalorian. Um, of course an absolute joy to look forward to. But it is tied with another series that I'm surprised Jester didn't mention. I'm appalled, actually, but whatever. Appalled. Right? <laughs> appalled, he You all know I'm the bigger Star Wars fan anyway. So, The Clone Wars Season 7. Um, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. That's it a was... shock to me, too. Hey, right? hey, whoa. Right? Whoa. The heat. <laughs> Damn, I didn't think the about heat. that. That's true. So the Clone mm-hmm. Wars season seven, uh, particularly uh, the episodes uh, of the Bad season Batch, oh, the Bad and, Batch, yeah, the the, the Bad Batch oh. episode. Or okay, All right. was it just one? I think it was a few of them, right? No, there was four. Uh, it was uh, they had it was three arcs. So the Bad Batch arc, the Ahsoka arc, Siege of Mandalore. Right. So. Yeah. I'm going with the Bad Batch. The Ahsoka arc was okay. It, I get it. But yeah. yeah. And then the Siege of Mandalore. Uh, that is just perfection. Yep. Dave Filoni brought it to a close. And especially that last episode uh, of Ahsoka. Spoilers. Um, fighting off uh, the cl- clone troopers. Especially when Captain Rex turns on her. Holy shit. Oh man, um, yeah. What a way to go. Yeah. And uh and then of course the uh the starship coming out of hyperspace and it's all it's just fucked up and then you see the ship like it's descending on the planet 
and they're crashing. They're basically crashing. Oh, yeah. And they have to escape the ship on a Y-wing. Captain Rex gets in a Y-wing, and Ahsoka's, like, diving after it, using the Force, and, like, oh, my God. And then, of course, until the very last shot of her um, mourning the uh, the loss of her of her 332nd troops. My boy, like, Jesse. Right. Yeah. Uh, because, of course, of Order 66. Um, but it... Uh, what Dave Filoni did with um, those last episodes, that last season, and those last, particularly the season of Mandalore, tying it to very crucial moments in Revenge of the Sith. Like, wow. Yeah. Um, and this is why I'm really amazed because, of course, like, we know the story. We know Revenge of the Sith already. We've seen it. Uh, but the fact that there, he's able to add more to the story without taking anything away from that, but just simply adding more to it um is just beautiful yeah yeah uh that yeah that that very last especially that very last episode with the score and leading up to that and then of course you know that's the last time we see ahsoka the beginning of the year and then of course in the mandalorian lo and behold live action ahsoka her debut wow among many other things in the mandalorian so yeah um those two shows uh Mm. incredible incredible and i'd like to mention one thing real quick before we move on i don't want to do it obviously we're not going to go through a top 10 of everything i'd like to mention as and i'm going to do this with every every topic we go through i'm not going to say the worst of the year but i will say the most egregious and the most egregious this year in television it was a tough one but you knocked it out narrowly and you count for 2020 because you started in December, the most egregious is the stand. It is absolutely god-awful. So. (laughs) All righty. So I do want to mention on Instagram Live, Dan Kins mentioned, and I pinned his comment. He said, I just listened today to the episode of Jester being so disappointed if breasts were exposed in Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Um, wait who said that so i pinned pinned that comment on the live oh okay thank you for that thank you dan kins for sharing that um you you said are we supposed to hear anything i don't know if anyone can even hear me on instagram live that's odd but yeah anyway all right moving on uh from the small screen to the big screen um of course we didn't get a whole lot, and I mean, we still got, you know. We got enough. Yeah, a handful. Um, so, as far as films, um, I just came up with uh, best thriller. So I'm not a huge fan of thrillers, but holy shit, when this, when I saw this one, and thanks to Pinhead, he lent me his copy of uh, Parasite. Parasite, my goodness, what a what a film that blew me away. And then um, my runner-up is The Invisible Man. Again, I'm not a huge huge fan of those films. Those films have got me suckered into see wanting to see more type more of those kinds of films. So, yeah. And I'll direct you to more of those films, my boy. Trust me. Yeah, you're my brother, and I'll. uh, keep directing to you to those great films so 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it you still going? No, I'm, I'm I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, we're on thrillers. Yeah. Oh, the only one I saw was the Invisible Man, and like like you, I am not that kind of guy. I don't really like that stuff. But the Invisible Man, I got I wanted to watch because it was um. <sighs> It has to deal with those those old like uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen kind of stuff, you know. I liked I liked those characters, so I wanted to see this adaptation to it. And um, yeah, I I uh, was tense the whole time, <laughs> but that's a good thing. So a no, great movie, and uh, that's all I got because that's all I watched. So, Kuya, Parasite. What else, what else can you fucking say? That that movie blew everyone away, but just because like. They they did so much with very little, and they they they, you know the the way the pacing, um, the way everything was done was very very meticulously planned up until the very end, you know, which was kind of like it, it, that's the 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 beauty about um, Korean movies is it's never it's never always a happy ending, even even like you know, but there's a hope for it. You know what I mean? So it, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Parasite is a great movie. Um, I understood why um, uh, in in the Cannes Film Festival uh, they got a uh, uh, standing ovation, right? I also saw the Joker. So for you know, like in twenty twenty, even though like it was a older film, so. But that was, uh, I saw that too. So can we count like older movies that we saw? We saw now. Yeah, if you saw it in twenty twenty. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see why it would be an issue because you saw it in twenty twenty. As long as we're not going back to the eighties and nineties, like that's that's fine. Because uh, I was gonna mention, you know, fucking Phantasm too. As oh, I thought you story. were gonna say Johnny Mnemonic. I was. Oh, I, I saw that the other day. That's fine. I was going to oh, say Phantasm 2? No, no. Um, I'm talking about uh, J- Johnny Mnemonic. Steel? It's on Hulu. No, but you said you saw Phantasm 2? Yeah. It's, How'd it's you a, like that? I told you I like thrillers like that, man. How'd you like the movies. first one? First one was great. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm not just pandering to you, man. I, 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 like oh, I the, know. The I'm not saying you are. I'm, I, you have your own tastes and feelings. I know that. I'm just happy that you love that. Yeah, but um, if, if you guys are fans of Parasite, go watch his other stuff. Snowpiercer, yeah. Oak, Okja, yeah. um, the host. The host. Yes, please check out the host. Oh my God, the host please is like an amazing. Please check out the host. So, yeah, just go watch if you guys are. Well, I want to be deep and deep, uh, neck deep into like you know what what the hell's going on kind of thing. Then yeah, we'll go watch uh, those kinds of movies. Yeah, awesome. Go ahead, Benhead. So once again, I'm gonna be <laughs> the deserter and list my top because I did this a different way. So I'm just gonna list my tops. Um, this year. It was a different kind of year, obviously, because we had the pandemic and we had what we had. So I just got seven. Uh, The Hunt is number seven. The Hunt was fantastic. It was a fun, stupid fucking film. 
It was nothing more than that. A fun, stupid fucking horror film. And Betty Gilpin, I loved you in Glow. You are phenomenal. You are a phenomenal actress. You proved it even more in this because you are an absolute fucking badass. And spoiler alert, kind of the battle between her and Hillary Swank almost completely sells the movie even more. So that movie is great. Number six, this is, I had to put it on here because this is him getting back to where he was just like he did with his last film with Black Klansman. This is Spike Lee getting back to where he is at his best, being a real auteur and filmmaker. The Five Bloods was fucking fantastic on Netflix. No excuse why no one should see that. Everyone has Netflix. Everyone does. The fucking bums living in the streets have Netflix somehow. Everyone can see this film. It is fantastic. It's Spike Lee back to where he should be, just like Black Klansman a few and years ago. And Boseman did, did a great job of that. Yes. Did, did this, did, and, and that's another reason. That factor, knowing that what we know, this movie was, this movie was fantastic. Like Spike Lee is finally starting to get out of that doldrums of bullshit and getting back to what he is, an auteur and a real director. Number five was The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man sets a precedent for everything that is good in thrillers and horrors and horror movies. They, they Lee Wynell could possibly be the greatest horror director of this generation if he keeps going. I just think he's a great genre director. He, he, we all know, we all know him. We all know him. If you, if you, if you enjoyed the first Saw movie, we're not talking about the 72 movies afterwards. We're talking about the first Saw movie. James Wan and Lee Wynell are responsible for that. And that was a great film. And he continues to prove that he is a great genre director. He did it with Upgrade. Upgrade was phenomenal. And now he's proving it even more with The Invisible Man. I cannot wait to see what he does next. Number four is Tenet. Tenet was, uh, I've watched it five times now that I have it. It is very deep. If you watch it and pay attention to what the themes of this film is, we're talking, it's, it's, it's Christopher Nolan's worst film. No, that goes to Interstellar because Everything that he was trying to portray in Interstellar, if you pay attention in Tenet, he actually perfected in Tenet. That's why I say he tried in Interstellar, he failed, he did good in Tenet. My third film, and this actually is a surprise because he's been in the doldrum for a while, Color Out of Space, Nicolas Cage, he, this was the perfect film for him because this is where he could act over the fucking top and it worked perfectly for him. The only thing that's more perfect than this is the new Netflix history of curse words. That might actually be on my next year's uh, top list of TV shows because that's great. But just getting into the fact we're getting a resurgence of Nicolas Cage and this movie is a perfect example of why we should have it because it is a perfect love letter to Nicolas Cage and it's a perfect love letter to H.P. Lovecraft. If you 
like, regardless of the history, if you like his horror stories, you love, love, love Color Out of Space. And if you don't, and you like Nicolas Cage and his over-the-top behavior, you'll love, love, love Color Out of Space. Number two, and this one was hard because I just seen these movies recently. And I can't believe this, but a horror movie got knocked out. So number two is Possessor by the son of the great legend, David Cronenberg. Brandon Cronenberg has proven that with this film alone, with Possessor, he has proven that with this film alone, he can stand toe-to-toe with his legendary father. And if you don't know who David Cronenberg is, he directed the great, one of the only, one of the second greatest remakes of all time. Maybe the third, if you count, Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Donald Sutherland. But however, David Cronenberg created, or uh, made the fly with Jeff Goldblum. That's his biggest, that's his biggest claim to fame because everybody knows Jeff Goldblum, but they don't know David Cronenberg. He's also done a great indie film that is called Scanners, a fantastic body horror film and Shivers. Those three films alone, Brandon Cronenberg, his son has proven with Possessor that he can stand toe to toe. And anybody who loves David Cronenberg films if you just like crazy mind trip psychological horror films, you will love Possessor. Possessor is phenomenal. I can't say enough good things. And the number one film of this year, and it may, I doubt it will change, but the number one film of this year is Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal is phenomenal because it covers two problems. It covers actually covers three it covers the mental health problem in this country it covers the metalhead society in this the the metalhead groups in the society and how they're kind of subjective in this and that and it also covers being a drug addict and trying to deal with that and navigating through that Riz Ahmed if he doesn't get a Golden Globe nomination or an Oscar nomination, it will be egregious because Riz Ahmed put his heart and soul into this movie. Riz Ahmed for six months studied how to play drums, how to play drums as a metal drummer would play it. On top of that, he learned how to do the ASL sign language to a T. He busted his ass and fucking dedicated himself to this craft. And he fully commits to this role and it's phenomenal. This is one of my favorite films in the last 10 years. Not just because I'm a metalhead and I like... This movie hits you and the, in the soul, it makes you feel. It may, it, it even makes you kind of tear up, because you have to go through the journey with him. They go to the point where you even feel uncomfortable when you have to listen to his lack of hearing. It is a phenomenal film, and if it doesn't get 
any nominations whatsoever, it will be an egregious oversight, and it will prove once again how out of touch the Academy is. It may not should win, but it should be nominated. That is the end of my top movies. That was the fucking, that was the top for me. Just amazing. In a pandemic year, amazing. All right. Awesome. So I guess next year we'll have to see, like, I guess I should have just made, like, all the top movies, too, instead of breaking it down to different categories. Well, I thought that's what we were doing. That's the only reason why I did it. Right, right. No, but that, that's, that's a good way to do it, too. So, Sold it, Jester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jester. <laughs> you got it started. <laughs> it's all good. So I did um, – I had Best Comedy – Best comedy. Oh, I'm out of this one, so I'm stepping back. <laughs> Best comedy. Hmm. Yeah. I have to um, remember that. There's only I few, didn't even think about that. I'm out. There's only a few <laughs> things that I can think of that, right. that stood out to me at least. Um my honorable mention is not a movie per se, but uh it's South Park the Pandemic Special. Mm. Um that's pretty damn hilarious. I mean, we kicked off. I think we started the yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I mean Yeah. That was fantastic. Okay. That's my pick for number one because I can't take anything other than that. So you got my pick. Number one, the South Park pandemic special. <laughs> and then my top my top comedy is Borat subsequent movie film. I think uh, yeah. that's pretty damn funny as well. And the fact that there's a powerful message there. There's some there's some good messages in there. Uh despite the comedy and the wacky outrageous things going on um so jester any uh, i only saw the borat um and i couldn't stop laughing just hearing you explain the i mean i should just watch the pandemic special because just you telling me stuff i was dying Wait, you and then the, seen it yet? i know i just saw that clip online of the of the cop or the, the cop incident where they all shoot the black kid at school oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like dude and like i should you know, because I don't have HBO Max. There's but. context to that, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just for all those who are getting triggered right off the bat. I mean, for crying out loud, it's the South Park pandemic special. So, exactly. I'm, you know, they're going to have humor like that in there. And. I should just go watch that. So it's Trey but, Parker and Matt Stone. They don't give a fuck. No, and that's that's what's great about those guys. Exactly. But, uh, no, so I saw the bull, a Borat full and and through. So I would just say that for this year. For yeah. sure. I'm I'm hoping that they kind of do like another pandemic special. So but, do hey, I. Hey, so do what I. Last man. time. Here's where we're at right now. Yep. yep. So and Mickey Mouse. The sequel. The Mickey sequel. Mouse and uh, Penguin. <laughs> where he bangs the the uh the bat right yeah he fucks the bat yeah (laughs) and he's getting calls on his office and he's like i'm drowning here give me more mandalorian i'm drowning here (laughs) oh yeah that's right oh gosh i gotta see that kuya it's great um the dave Chappelle. um Shows oh, on Netflix was nice. pretty cool. Yeah, nice. The the, the one on up, YouTube, right? yeah, the one the one on YouTube though was the one that was the most powerful one. Oh snap! Uh, oh, okay, eight, okay, eight, eight yeah. minutes and sixteen seconds or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yes, yep. Yeah. It's a good choice. That's a good choice. He um, 
that was, that was that for me that was that was great like the, he in, in in a very tough situation he expressed um you know solidarity community but he also showed anger mm. i've never seen fucking dave Chappelle so pissed off in my entire life it's like somebody stole his weed or something you know what i mean <laughs> it's just like like he was so mad right he was so upset it was justified no, well, yeah, I was honest. about to say it was more important than someone stealing his weed because oh, yeah. this shit hit home to him and enough's enough. Yeah, yeah. And, as and far the, as he, as far as we're, we should all be, but as far as he was concerned, as a celebrity, which none of you fucking cowards will do what he did, you celebrity cowards. He 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 threw that away like he's always done, just like he did with the Chappelle show and went to yep. Africa. He stood on his morals and actually made something that was important funny. So I agree with you, Kuya. That would be, honestly, that would be over the South Park pandemic special because it's it's important. Yeah, uh, the the Chris Rock ones was cool too. DL Hewley, Um, even the Joe Coy ones. Twenty twenty. We needed some laughter, just because it's it was it was like a kind of a messed up year, you know. Like the comedy things, I, I swear to God, just like um, Jim Carrey calling uh, Donald Trump a loser in in Saturday Night Live was was a highlight for me. When uh, during the election, right? The, there the you end. go. That's the... that, that was for me. There just... we go. Now we're bringing it back. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Getting out like, of the bullshit and let's go back into. I was like, what I was like, topic uh, is about. For, for me, it was like chef, chef's kiss. Like it was just like you know, there's winners and there's losers. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like laughing my ass off. I was like, yeah, he deserved that. He deserved that. Yeah, that's it. Best comedy. I, 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 I try not to watch any comedies. This, I mean, is Carol ba- is Tiger King considered comedy? Yes, it is. Oh, it's a comedy and a tragedy all in one. If you can consider what you, if you just want to, if you can consider the diatribe you just went on, yes, <laughs> Tiger King is a comedy. <laughs> Under your logic, yes. All right, man. Yeah, but yeah, Borat was funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. yeah, Julia, Julia, Giuliani adjusting himself. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put it on record now. I love Kuya more than anybody in this universe. I really do. Love you too, man. <laughs> I, I love you, man. I, I really do. A little too much NyQuil tonight, huh, there, Kuya? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little too much NyQuil for you? Yeah. yeah. You want to talk, Jester. Oh, okay. All right, so vodka. next category is best documentary. Um, oh. So I know. I didn't see uh, let's see. Pinhead already mentioned, like, The Last Dance. I still yeah. need to finish it, but I did start it. And, man, what a what a... So that's an honorable mention for me. Um, and so is The Image Revolution on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, the image, co- it's based on Image Comics in the early 90s. And how, yep. of course, the, the two, the, the big two is always Marvel and DC, but then out of nowhere, because of how um, Marvel and DC were treating, you know, 
their artists and their writers, particularly artists. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it was most, it seemed like it came mostly from Marvel. Uh, these guys, Todd McFarlane, Rob, Leif, Rob Liefeld, uh, Jim, Lee. Jim Lee. There was, I think, seven or eight of them that got together and just yeah. like pitched this idea and was like, you know what? Let's start our own thing. Whatever we create, we, com we completely 100% own the rights to. Whatever books we create, whatever characters. And, that, and that's the thing, like, it was like really bold to do at the time. And the fact that they, you know, it's a great documentary. And if you like reading comics or you're at least interested in like the, the genre of superheroes and comic books, it's worth watching. Uh, and that's on Amazon Prime. Um, my best documentary though, my favorite one uh, is Speed Cubers on Netflix. It's mm. a 45 minute documentary uh, but it has so much heart. It's a beautiful story of these two kids. Uh, one is a veteran champion and the other is younger. It's So Speed Cubers is basically a documentary on um, ch championship uh, Rubik's Cube solvers. They solve the Rubik's Cube literally in seconds. And it's That's just, awesome. yeah, it's like- That's awesome. It's a quick 45 minute watch and it's a beautiful story. Um, and the fact that this is like, you know, it's, it's an actual huge thing where, you know, before the pandemic, you know, kids, families, parents would bring their kids and kids would like solve a Rubik's cube in seconds. Like the fact that that's possible, you know, is just mind boggling. And the story behind it, the stories that they show of these two guys is just, is beautiful. So high, high, that's a high recommend. Check it out. Speed That's Cubers. awesome. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. What's that on Netflix? Netflix, yeah. All right. One of the kids is in, uh, in the Spectrum, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, right, the new kid. More awesome. Oh, I did see a documentary this, this year. Uh, high Score. And that would be mine. Uh, that would that's a the documentary on that Netflix about phenomenal about video games. Um, primarily like the start of it, and like what uh, what brought us to where we're at now. Um, great documentary, very interesting. Um, I loved every minute of it. I I was so excited to watch it when I got home from work. So that would be mine. High score. Check it out on Netflix. Kuya. Um, the Last Dance uh, com comes to mind. Um, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan, big uh, Chicago Bulls fan. Uh, kind of knew the drama that that was happening in the team because, like, I, I followed them. Like, so, um, but I love the fact that the memes of uh, any anything that somebody says, uh, Jordan will take personally, you know, and then and then he'll fucking beat them and destroy them and all that stuff. But that's how that's how Michael Jordan ticks. You know that's how he works. He 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 will he will create something in his head to 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 make it make 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 himself uh, get an edge on you. Like oh he didn't shake my hand like you know last Thursday during brunch. Uh, I, I'm gonna take that personally. I'm gonna score like 85 points on him. And that's what you know that's what he that's what he does to to just to get him in that competitive edge you know. Um, be water. I absolutely loved it too. Uh, Pinhead. Thank you. Thank you. Um, some some of it was okay. Uh, again, be water was good. It's just 
I really wish they didn't, they didn't uh, say that uh, David Carradine uh, championed uh, him. I, I agree with that. That was one of the major points that I did not like about that. Uh, but I was a little upset when I, when I, I heard that. I was like, uh, no, David no, Carradine stole that role. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, if I had to nitpick and was really angry about something, I agree with you, Kuya. That was egregious. But other than that, the documentary was oh, yeah. spot on. It, it, it was nice. It was, it was pretty. And then uh, I'm watching this preview uh, for this documentary, but I haven't seen the, the documentary yet at all. But it just it just is a very weird ass uh, uh, documentary. It's on it's on Netflix. It's called My Octopus the Teacher. I'm I, you know I when I was just watching the previews right and I was like watching it was like this guy this guy was in a bout of depression with something in his life and then all of a sudden he uh, he saw this octopus uh, in you know while he was diving and he was curious so he kind of followed it and through the whatever ebbs and flows of life or whatever and I'm like oh I can't believe that um, that you know that you would follow a fucking octopus for like your life but okay sure but I, I, it looks interesting to me just, just because like you know I'm like oh, maybe it's a maybe it'll be a short documentary because like you know if the, the diver gets hungry and like stab him and fucking like Grill up the octopus or something. You know what I mean? Uh, go ahead, Pinhead. So this is kind of... I didn't see many documentaries, but this is kind of be a different list. So to go off Jester, number four for me is a perfect companion piece to High Score. Unfortunately, it's on one of the most disgusting streaming services of all time, CBS All Access, Council Wars. Mm-hmm. Council Wars was a phenomenal documentary and it's a perfect companion piece to Netflix's, inadvertently, but it's a perfect companion piece to Netflix's high score. It is. It goes deep into the Council Wars. There are, and I, I keep using this word, but it's true, there's kind of some egregious bullshit that happens in the documentary that's for fluff and puff. But for the most part, it does take a deep dive into what the console wars were really were really were. It's not as good as some other documentaries like video game, the movie or whatever, but it's good. It's the best CBS all access has to offer. So that's Mm. number four. Number three would be be water because it's only second to the last dance, which was just fantastic. And it's not only a Michael Jordan documentary, by the way, for all those of you that just go, oh, I don't want to hear about Michael Jordan anymore. The last dance is actually about Michael Jordan's impact on the Chicago Bulls, but it also goes in depth of, what the Chicago Bulls as a whole did in the community with Michael Jordan. So number two is that. But number one, and I can't help it, and maybe it's the fat ass in me. <laughs> hey, I'm guilty. 
Taco Chronicles on Netflix is a phenomenal documentary talking about how tacos are made across the country. And okay. Yeah, like I'm I said, that. it's the, the fat ass in me. Fine. I'm watching but, it. But, but, however, they go in depth about how tacos are made. They go into the lineage from each sector, country, con- everywhere. Each type of taco. It, exactly. Oh, each God. type of taco. Like they get down Dude, to the very. It, yeah. is, it, it makes your mouth water. It makes you learn something about how real good tacos are. Taco Chronicles season two on Netflix is my number one documentary. If I have to choose gun to head taco mm. Chronicles. Great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Not sorry. No, I, I want to watch it now. So it's amazing. Yeah. I'm afraid to watch it because if I, that's the thing, like you might get a little bit fatter because it'll make your mouth fucking oh, water. Dude, yeah, I bet. That's the thing that I don't like about watching shows or documentaries that feature and talk about food. If I'm gonna see that shit, I gotta have it in front of me so I can eat it. <laughs> you know, like oh trust uh, me, you I, will get fucking jealous of this shit because you're watching all oh, you motherfuckers. I'm waiting for the day when we can have like a an ultra HD TV where you can like pretty much transport and or order like you know whatever the <laughs> on the screen like I guess you got Star Trek. I already know where you're going. Right? Like <laughs> I can give that shit to it's me. It's like the equivalent to the scratch and sniff only for reaching in the TV. Like. Yeah, like <laughs> like every time like my my Julie would watch us. Well, she doesn't watch a whole lot of cooking shows now, but before I'm like, if you're gonna watch that show, you gotta start making that shit. Like, I want to eat it. Like, you know, it's like what a tease. And you're gonna hate the Taco Chronicles because exactly. you're gonna sit there and go, "Oh my god, I want to eat that shit." Uh, and I, I need to have like some something in front of me. Like, yeah, that was the la- that was actually the last show that me and my grandma watched before she had her incident, and she was even like. So like Drew, like I'm like this is awesome, like it's awesome. I gotta check that out, man. Yeah, that's it's that's it's awesome. awesome. It's a it's a great show. It's not just makes you drool, but it it, it tells you it, it it tells you about the lineage of the tacos that mm. where those areas come from. Even the they American tacos, in depth. right? Mm. Right, like right, that's what I love about it. It's fascinating to watch these guys like an episode where they literally fucking bury the shit in the ground and it cooks for 24 hours and it becomes this just perfect oh. perfect meat for the taco like cochinita baby yeah yeah one. like they tell you it's not just about oh yeah the fat boys eating food like they they go into the lineage and they talk they talk about the Mexican culture and where it derived from and how taco like it goes into whole in depth it's it's very in depth, and it's also just delicious. Like I love the fucking thing. That's awesome. That's they, awesome. One one of the one of the chapters is um, American tacos. Yeah, yeah. And I and, and I even want to eat American tacos after that. Yeah, exactly. That. Especially the way those rotten bastards made them. I'm yeah, like, for that oh. for that episode, I'm like, oh, I gotta have me some Taco Bell in front of me. <laughs> no, oh, no. I want, that's the thing. I was watching Chef. 
the John Favreau sh- cooking show for a while, but I had to stop because like everything that he, they were making, I was like, I want to eat that and I want to go to his restaurant, but it's all the way in Vegas. And I'm like, great. Jester, I'm sorry to break the news to you. Oh, you watch Talker Chronicles. You're going to have the same feeling <laughs> and it's going to be even further out. Oh man. So yeah. Brutal. All right. Yeah. You can, you can make the, f- the food that uh, they show on uh, the chef show. That is true because exactly. they you can't make yeah. the tacos like these guys make them because it's a family lineage and it's ingrained into their soul. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you jealous because you're like, oh, my God, it looks so delicious. And it is. Every, nobody. They even get people that are. Americans that come over there and they're like, yeah, we don't know shit about shit. These are great. Like, it's a universal thing. It's it, it, cool. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's why it's it. number one on my documentary list because sold. It's- I'm sold. <laughs> the same. That's awesome. But yeah, I also got to check out uh, B Water. As oh, well. B Water. Yeah, that the B Water. That's Where's why. That I, one on? Uh, it's on ESPN Plus. Oh, okay. It's part yeah. of their thirty, their new thirty four thirty, if I'm not mistaken, just right. like the last stand. Yeah, and I know okay. you. You also mentioned the history of swear words, which we did start watching last night. <laughs> it's Nicolas Cage in his most epic glory. Like Nicolas Cage is. <laughs> it's so entertaining it's and uh, so funny, and that's what I love. I love watching um, documentaries that not just are educational but entertain you at the same time exactly like you exactly and you like and with the history of swear words it's like drunk history yeah only a little more sophisticated because they're actually teaching you where these fucking fuck words came from right they have scholars they have scholars of yeah they have legitimate scholars This is legit. Like, legitimate Harvard, Stanford, yeah. Yale graduates that are just like, yeah, we know where these these origins. You like saying fuck, like pinhead, like saying fuck all the time. Well, <laughs> yeah, we know yeah. where the origin. Well, you learn the origin of where fuck comes from with the beautiful host Nicholas Cage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It is Nicholas Cage glory. It's incredible. <laughs> Alrighty, so moving on. Uh, from best documentaries to the uh, best comic book slash superhero film. Oh, I'm definitely out of this. We only had a handful. Yeah. Um, so my runner-up is uh, Birds of Prey. I really enjoyed what they did with that film. Um, despite the hate that it got, of course. And when I just recently... Uh, tweeted like, "Oh, Birds of Prey two, come on HBO Max, make it happen." A uh, lot of like over like six, seven hundred likes on Twitter, and a lot of comments, particularly from a lot of angry men who don't want to see a sequel. And it's like, holy shit, you don't have to watch it. Let the people who want to watch it watch, it. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, my goodness. And then um, uh, a handful of honorable mentions. Uh, and you'll notice there's a theme here because we didn't get anything from Marvel. We only got <laughs> DC. Um, honorable mentions are the DC animated films, uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse. Oh. 
which is Thanks. now on HBO Max as well. Uh, and these are these are all on HBO Max as well. Um, this is not a sponsor, by the way, but uh, <laughs> who knows? Um, Superman Red Sun. Mm-hmm. Superman Red Sun is awesome. Um, a great adaptation of the graphic novel. And I just recently watched Superman uh, Man of Tomorrow. Um, I was explaining to Pinhead the trailer that I saw, the animation looks really different. It has a different style. But when I watched the film, it looks, the animation looks much better than I thought the trailer was showing me. Like the trailer was not as impressive, but the animation is way better. And it seemed more like the 2D animation with a little bit of 3D here and there. But the, the trailer was just, I don't know what was going on with that trailer, but the film is way better. And if you like, and this is for Jester, if you like Martian Manhunter, he is in Superman Man of Tomorrow. And so is yep. a character named Lobo, who is awesome. Yep. <laughs> and for whatever reason, while I was watching the film, I was thinking like, man, who would play, who would be a great Lobo? It'd be Jason Momoa, but shit, he's Aquaman. But hey, in Marvel, oh, in Marvel, yeah, Lobo is. We, yep. got, um, we got Josh Brolin as Thanos, and then he plays Cable. <laughs> and <then laughs> Thanos again. Like, holy shit. So why not? Jason Momoa can play Lobo. Who knows? Yeah, he can. And then another uh, honorable mention is Deathstroke, Knights, and Dragons. So mm-hmm. my top film of comic book film of course is wonder woman 1985 so yeah those are mine for me it's just wonder woman 84 because or 84 yeah 85 yeah 85 <laughs> i saw the i saw the third movie already <laughs> <laughs> wonder woman just a year later okay yeah um no yeah for me it's just wonder woman 84 um great adaptation and um gosh it was so good to be back in the theater again too so I would say that one for me. Kuya. Oh, uh, hello. Let me see. I'm thinking. Oh, you're thinking. Yeah. Silence is the podcast killer. So you can transition it to me because I got my three. Okay, um, yeah. So my three are the egg sandwich and birds of prey. That's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite. Of the year, that's number one. <laughs> number two would be Death in the Family because that was so much fun to screw around with on the DVD and oh, Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic fun. I know people will probably hit me for it, but I don't. I'm not the comic book guy here, so I love doing that and going through that. Me and my grandma actually did it together. She loves it too. So Batman, Death in the Family, and. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, it would be that's it that's it that, those are my two because those uh, an honorable mention to wonder woman you know mm. since since you're getting so much slack and you don't deserve it i'll give wonder woman an honorable third mention so there you go go yeah you still wonder thinking woman. wonder woman's pretty good uh, i mean i liked it and everything it's just you know, but you know, nothing really beats um, so this Disney uh, live action uh, 
uh, adaptation of the uh, classical Chinese mythology that I fucking watched, and it was so amazing. God. <laughs> it's not a comic book film, superhero. What are you doing, dude? She she was he, flying. He's making up for lost time right dude, now. Dude, oh my she god. She was flying around like like she was a superhero, man. You missed one podcast episode. Calm down. <laughs> god. Like you know, it was like especially especially when I when I changed the the settings to Mandarin and all that stuff. Oh my gosh. I know Lime you keep pool. doing that. Change them back when you do it, please. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, live, Can't live, stand that shit. Live action, uh, live action Mulan is uh, spot on, by the way. So, <laughs> what Jeez, is that? Uh, oh, the um, that Antonio Banderas film, The Thirteenth Warrior. That's yeah. pretty good. When the film starts, they're speaking a different language. Yeah, and, and then you it <clears throat> translated to English. Yeah. Uh-huh. They could have easily done that in Mulan. And I yeah, would have been like, yeah, exactly, oh, exactly. Like, you know. <laughs> it, they did that in the movie Valkyrie with Tom Cruise, where he's speaking German for the first five minutes and then it transitions into English. And then everybody <laughs> yeah, was, he's just Tom Cruise. No, no, and then everybody and then everybody was just like, Yeah. It was yeah, English. It was hey, what do you do? Hey, you can't he help it. It's Brian Singer, the pedophile. Kuya, so. Kuya, you know it was they did that in Vikings too. They did that a couple times. Yeah, I know. So Mulan just decided that's why it sucked. There's another reason. <laughs> Paying thirty dollars right. to read the movie. Uh, but yeah, again, you know, the way the way she was moving around like a superhero, that was amazing. So mm. well, she, that's her key boy. Like <laughs> force. Yeah. What's yeah, next? Of it. Yeah. What's next? Music. Uh, porn. We can do music. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Rotten Cap- bastard. Captain <laughs> Karen, the return. <laughs> the sex men. All right, go ahead with music, Pinhead. All right, so I'm probably <laughs> the one that's most prepared for this, so I'll get it out of the way. All right, number seven. I only got a sevens list because I, you know, I listen to a lot of music that people know, but I listen to a lot of other shit. But this year I had to give hats off to number seven. I can't believe I'm saying this shit. 21 Savage, Savage Mode 2 is a banger, dude. Like, I hate that word, but this is where the definition of banger comes because 21 Savage, Savage Mode 2 is fantastic. It's everything that modern hip-hop should be while taking out, leaving in a little bit of the mumble rap, but taking out some of it and still making some real lyrical content. And not not for nothing, he got Morgan fucking Freeman on his entire fucking album. Did he really? Yes, the real, yes. To cameo and do skits on his album. I'm not a big fan of 21 Savage, so I have to. I wasn't either. I hated 21 Savage. However, if a man can do what he did with that album and push me, who is a hater of his, to give him a top spot, 
that means the album has some worth. I'll, I'll check it out. And like I said, on top of that, somehow he got fucking Samuel or he got Morgan Freeman. Hmm. All right. To narrate the entire album. So that's number seven, 21 Savage. Congratulations. You really did a great job. Number six, this surprised me. People know that I'm a pretty eclectic fan, but this surprised me. Kalani's, it wasn't good until it wasn't. It was good until it wasn't, excuse me. It was good until it was an album. She made an album that just makes you feel. Like, I don't like these albums usually, but she's a songbird. She really can write lyrics and make you feel pain, make you feel joy, make you feel sorrow, make you feel depression, make you feel all these emotions in one album and put them out there. She talks about breakups. She talks about depression. She talks about struggle. Everybody thinks that she's just talking about one random thing, but she she is a fantastic artist that should be pushed more. Far more than the Lizzo's and all these bitches, the Cardi B's. Like she's she's a talent. She's a phenomenal talent, and this album proved it. I love this album. If you didn't listen to it, even if you're even if you don't like that kind of music. If you're in a certain position, you should really listen to it because she projects a lot of what you should be listening to right now. That feeling of if you think that you're alone and this, like she really has great song lyrical content. So that was my number six. Number five was uh, ACDC's new album. These old farts prove that they can fucking still play and you can go on and on about how like it's the same music over and over again. But these old farts prove that with all the struggles that they've went through in the last couple of years and all the bullshit, a couple of members dying, this is a great album. This is one of my favorite albums of the year. It didn't get number one because... There's a couple of other albums that made it, but this was a great album. So that's my number six, I think. Five. No, it's number five. So the next one would be Lady Gaga, Chromatica. Nobody, everybody knows I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan. I love Lady Gaga. She's amazing. She, this isn't a great album. It's really not. But she went back to her dance roots, and it, it's 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 a pretty good album, exclu- excluding one track that I really don't like with Ariana Grande. But what? I, I oh. fucking hate that song. I fucking hate it. I fucking love it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> but I love it. That, the album, even with Blackpink, the fucking album is amazing. Like Blackpink and her do a great. Great, great song together. Nine one one is my favorite song on that track. It just I play it all the fucking time. Nine one one is it. it, it, it Nine one one, like people think it's a drug addict song, and it's like Nine one one is actually her p- 
projecting what she used to be and how she evolved today. So 911 is the best song on that album. Lady Gaga's Chromatica, fuck them. I don't care if they don't like it or not. So we're at what? Number four, correct? Yep. Number four, and this one was hard. Number four is Mushroom's Head. Mushroom Head's A Wonderful Life. These guys really transitioned into a new band, and I didn't like it at first, but this album, I've listened to it nonstop. I've listened to it at my work. Everybody's heard it. Mushroom's Head, A Wonderful Life is number four, and it's one of the best albums of the year. It's not up there only because number three would be Hate Breed. So I go with Hate Breed. People hate Hate Breed, but you need to understand the genius that is Hate Breed. So I'm gonna I'm going to really quick do this real quick, and I don't since Clea went deep. I'm going to do this real quick. For people with mental health problems out there that are listening to our podcast, and even those that might just discover this now, the last hope is not suicide. It really isn't. I'm going to share a real quick story real quick, and then I'm going to go on. There was a time where Haybreed first came out, and I wanted to kill myself. I almost did. I came very close to killing myself. Was it when they came out that it got got you out of that? Yes. Interesting. When I was a kid, when I was in middle school, I went through a a very lot of things, and I'm not going to go into it. However, I was very close to literally cutting my home throat. I had the knife to my throat, and I was about ready to just end it. Hmm. Thankfully, one of my best friends, she and I owe my life to her just as much as I do. She put in hate breeds perseverance. And because of that, it made me build myself Mm -hmm. up and stop the bullshit and fight forward. Hmm. Hate breed proves to you they, they, you can call them motivational speakers. Fine. You can call them, you know, glorified Tony Robinson's. But Jamie Josta, what he does, what he does with Hatebreed and what he has done for a few decades now, not just in the metal community, but in the music community should be aspired to and should be praised because this man has, with his lyrical content and what he has done with Hatebreed, has put hate breed to the stratosphere as and it, it, it has helped a lot of kids stop from doing what they should not have done, which is killing themselves. They talk about building yourself up. Yes, they are violent. And if you go to their concerts, yes, sometimes they are violent. But the overall narrative is about building yourself up, fighting the day, and making sure that you never ever falter to this world and let them win suicide is never the option are they kind of like corn 
Huh? Are they like the same? Oh, corn's not really like that, are they? No, they're they're more intense. They are okay. hardcore, in your face. They don't pull any punches. They bash your face in, but they bash your face in with good intent. They tell you that killing yourself is not the only option. They tell you about tearing down societies, norms, and building yourself back up and building a new world. Every lyric that Jamie Josta pours out in his heart conveys everything that's good about metal and what it could be. And that's why I put the new Haybreed album on that level because I've had some hard times lately and they build you back up. Hate, the weight of Haybreed. the False Self. Weight of the False Self is one yeah. of the best albums of this year because it powers you into going, stop. What do this world sucks? Fine. But what am I doing? to perfect myself and build a better self of me and go forward. Their music's their music is so empowering. And if we had that in metal more often, not only would we build better people, but we might actually get more women into this culture because you can, it, it's not segregated. It's about building people up. And this, this album Really, yeah, I'll admit, I was in my bay and my work just throwing punches. But at the same time, I pulled back and I listened to the lyrics. And Jamie Josta is one of the one of the most underrated songwriters of all time. Because you listen to him, and he, yeah, he, he's not a brutal bastard. He's a poet. And I can't say enough about him. And the only reason why he's not higher on this list is because my all-time favorite album of this year was Lamb of God, their, their self-titled album. And the reason why they bump Hate Breed is because their self-titled album brought them back to this hardcore, and they're doing the same thing. Hardcore, introspective, brutal, heavy metal shit. So it's, it's, if I had to choose my top three albums right now, it would be Kalani's album because of her beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lyrics and her pain, Hatebreed and Lamb of God. Those are the top three of the music right now. I'm sorry, Lady Gaga. I love you, baby. But you just weren't the hero this year. You just, you didn't step up. You didn't step up like these guys did. So those are, those are the top albums. It's, 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 it's fantastic to me to see metal blossom into this beautiful, beautiful story. Because everybody thinks that metal is inclusive and no one can get into it and it's just for white fucks who like to talk no it, it's not about that metal is for everyone it's for black it's for brown it's for white it's for man it's for woman it's for, it, it doesn't matter what level you are on metal is for everyone that respects metal and they respect you and those three out al- those albums are the reason why i chose them 
Hey, my wife likes uh, metal too, so she's in there. Yeah, like I, I, you, your wife would be able to understand that. Like, it, metal is not about kicking people's teeth in. Maybe I'll show like, her hey, That's the sub root of some bands, even some hate hate breed fans. Like, you'll see people trashing shit. Yes, because it's hardcore and it's intense. But if you actually listen to the lyrics, they are empowering. They are a roadmap telling you how to genuinely live your life, how to build yourself up, how to respect women, how to build yourself up, how to get a job, how to do whatever you need to do to progress yourself in life to make you a better person. These lyrics push that forward, and that's why these are the top albums of my year. I'm done. It's not uh, Smashing Pumpkins, CYR? No, I'll, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so the, egregious, the most egregious albums of the year, there's only two, and I'll end with that. Oh, Number dude. two is Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> the most egregious album of this year and the most disgusting album that I hate, and I'm ashamed to be a former fan of his, but the new Marilyn Manson album is the most disgusting, egregious pathetic album of this year he's always been hit or miss for me anyway that's another story for me but Marilyn yeah, yeah. Manson's album is the word we are chaos is if, if 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 hate breed is everything good about humanity and metal <laughs> and raising people up Marilyn Manson is the complete opposite of everything's hopeless we're all going to die. Oh, yeah. That's Manson. Though. If you get the pandemic, that's not the worst thing you can get because we're all going to die. Like that bullshit doesn't cut it in metal. And that's what kills kids. And you are responsible for that, Manson. You are responsible for that. And you should be ashamed of yourself for putting that energy out to these young kids. Because you did it to me and you almost killed me. And if it really? wasn't for hate breed, and if it wasn't for hate breed, I wouldn't be here today. So fuck you, Marilyn. <laughs> you piece of shit. I, I will say the new Gorillaz album is not bad. Did you check that That's out? an honorable mention for me. The new okay. Gorillaz album is actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'm glad you, the new Gorillaz album is actually a very high honorable mention because yeah. it's, it's Gorillaz at their finest point right now. Yep, absolutely. Just good vibes, like, man. This is good Gorillaz music, and yep. it's just fantastic. So I agree with you, Jester. An honorable mention you should listen to, the new Gorillaz album. Fantastic album. It's like old Gorillaz. It's, it, yep. it's, it's, it's fantastic. Was it, was it you that was telling me? Oh, I think, it, I think I found out, but I don't know if I told you. I think you probably already know. But the lead singer of, gosh, I think it's Blur, you know, song number two. Yeah, he's hit. in Gorillaz. Yeah, isn't he, isn't he the main yeah. guy? Yeah, he's the he's the driving force behind. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Wow, I, I that trips me it. out, man. And yeah. and a fun fact, Madonna actually pushed their career forward and actually yeah. uh, uh, made them a household name. So it's wow. one of the few good things Madonna actually fucking did. <laughs> for the gorillas. So, yes, yes, crazy. because she loved she loved the gorillas in their inception. Wow. So, yes, yes. Great band. Fascinating. Fantastic band. Awesome. Well, uh, Kuya, do you have any music? Sorry for that 
tirade. I'm sorry. No, I think that's a healthy right. thing to talk about. I know I was. I was yeah, just... because like too many too many kids are jumping off the board, and hate breed is pushing that back. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, don't apologize. I, like I, low, low key, I uh, thought you were like setting up punchline for a joke, and then it got like hard no. and heavy real quick. I was like, oh. No, this is the one so, time where I'm serious about something because I deal with this issue every day. Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, I have a I have a history of this, and it's in it, when when I see a band actually take responsibility and motivate people and take these young kids who what I was in high school and middle school and actually build them up instead of kicking them down like. A piece of shit fuck with like Marilyn Manson would do. I have to praise them because they deserve the recognition because too 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 much does metal get the stigma of it's garbage, it's satanic, it's violent and this yeah. and that. But no one talks about guys like Jamie Josta who build people up and make them try and make better human beings out of themselves. Mm. So I'll have to check them out. I I'm never done, heard I'm of done, I'm, sorry, I'm just done. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, been listening to like a shitload of genres, not like albums or anything. Like just just like stuff that like piques my interest. So lately, it's been mostly um, like lo-fi uh, trip hop type of things, the little jazzy type of type of type of numbers, like like new job type uh, type of stuff. Um, I've been in this like weird. Uh, 80s um, Japanese funk type of vibe lately. Um, like it, it's like the, the the way that the the bass the bass line grooves uh, with the with the you know the drums and all that stuff. It, it just invigor- you know invigorates me like musically and all that stuff. So those are, those are the kind of things that interest me. Um, the Blackpink album was good. Um, the one with you know the one with the with Selena Gomez ice cream is a, it's like it's a really catchy song. Mm-hmm. So, just I'm just saying you know, girls girls uh, singing about licking you know licking them like ice cream. I'm like, can we volunteer? Yeah. <laughs> so, just saying. Um, but yeah, like there's there's like please um, tell me these girls are of age. Yeah, all of them are over the okay. age of uh, uh, eighteen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, old, old, like you know, island type of music. Not, 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 not just reggae. Just like island vibes type of type of feel. I've been, I've been trying to listen to to stuff that like um, that would inspire me to to finally write the songs in my my egregious fucking. Uh, wishy-washy dream of creating a, a fucking album. So, <laughs> yeah, turn them so. out one a month. You got twelve tracks there. Yeah, I can't one wait to see those. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what's uh, what's gonna happen. But um, challenge, make me like, proud, Kuya. A lot of uh, it, it's gonna be inspired by th- songs that I like listening to. It's, it's not just it's not gonna be a a genre. So if if, if a music file or if a music person listens to it. The first reaction is like, "What the fuck did I just listen to?" So, and then, what exactly are you doing with that? Since we're on the topic of music, like, um, are you curating a the, whole? The list thing was or? like, you know, I, I told you guys I watched that. Uh, 
No, no. Like when I remember, I told you guys I, I watched this uh, the show about the these, yeah. uh, dude or people like sailing, right? Uh, the yeah. sailing and all that stuff. So like their their songs in their in their videos are very eclectic. So I I just said yeah maybe I can make maybe I can make like something eclectic like that because it gets it's for it, you know it starts off with like lo-fi hip hop and then there's some jazzy stuff and then all of a sudden becomes like island reggae and then there's just like you know samba type of beats and all that stuff you know so it, it was very eclectic but like it, it piqued my interest because of just just the fact that it's it's different it's weird from from what I've what what I've been hearing like things that I don't like is um, like you know, every everything sounding the same, in, in that sense. So, so the 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 album concept that I have is just like, you just me writing a you know writing songs about like life. I mean, it's just life. Um, things things that I I I can't do because I'm I'm stuck in Arizona, you know. So that's why that's why the title of the album is called Landlocked Shanties because like you know I'm I'm. I'm dreaming of like you know tra- traveling you know, the world through the ocean and all that stuff, or flying or whatever, you know. But all these songs are gonna be like just gonna be my my way out instead of instead of me traveling itself because like if that's a mood, it's gonna be a mood point. So that's what that's what I'm trying to put in there. And um, yeah, like uh, there, I have chord progressions, I have lyrics on some of them, but not not complete songs yet. So as soon as soon as a uh, couple of them are done, you know, maybe I'll have you guys take a listen to it. Just, you know, maybe. I can't wait. I'm gonna. I don't know, cause uh, Mike Mike knows can't. Mike Mike knows how how stupid I I I write songs, cause it's very. <laughs> Do it. We're all fucking stupid at the end of the day. So don't sweet. be discouraged. Absolutely. It all it all starts from. Nothing and builds up to something. So every yeah. single music, yeah. every piece of music, like, every piece of TV, every piece of video games, no matter what, it starts from nothing and builds up to something. So just keep on doing my, you, bro. My, my my friend, yeah, my, my friend um said like you know if you if you make you know if you make your your songs, and at the end of the day, you're proud of all of them. Uh, then that's all that matters. Yeah, right? it doesn't matter like what the other people think. You know, I was like, okay. Hey, why not? Tools build a whole fucking career off of that. So, <laughs> oh <hey>. Jesus. <laughs> and that's the truth. So, do you, brother? Yep. I will. And they've made a killing off of it. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. All righty. Um. So I guess that's a good transition to uh, film scores or TV scores, whichever uh, really quick honorable mentions for me is Tenet, of course, by Hans Zimmer. Um, I love what he did with that one. Uh, anytime he collaborates, of course, with a uh, wait, was it? Hold on. I'm now curious. Uh-oh. Did I even make a mistake? Uh-oh. I don't think. I'm not mm-hmm. sure now if um, Hans Zimmer scored Tenet. I don't think he did. No, I think he was doing Dune at the same time. That's right. That yeah, time, yeah, yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah, it's not It's not Hans Zimmer. It is... It's Ludwig Goransson. 
<laughs> yeah, because he was doing Dune at that time. Yeah, Dude. so for, for a second there, uh, I totally forgot. So, yeah, honorable mentions for uh, Tenet and The Mandalorian, which are both scored by the great Ludwig Goranson. And uh, my best score of the year is Wonder Woman 1984 by Hans Zimmer. Mm. So, That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. Yep. I'll, I'll do mine real quick because it'll be simple and quick. Number two is uh, Call of Duty Cold War by Jack Wall. Fantastic. And my number one uh, score of this year, Gundam. Wonder Woman 1984, Hans Zimmer puts on a fantastic score. Like, it, it's phenomenal. We listened to it at the store the other day, so at work. Like, it was, it was, it was, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. Every single, even if you hate the film, that's fine. But you cannot take away from the score. Every single score, every point of that soundtrack is absolutely beautiful. It was a neck and neck race for me with Jack Wall and Call of Duty Cold War because that Call of Duty Cold War soundtrack, rather, he, and that's another polarizing one. Everybody, especially the diehards, hate Call of Duty's new game. You can't take away from that soundtrack. It is fun, fantastic. It's amazing. Even if you're not a Call of Duty fan, you'll love that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Be before I also forget the soundtrack Sorry, of Birds of Prey, that is also a kick-ass soundtrack. Lots of tracks there that went TikTok viral. Hmm. <coughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, no, you're good. Um, just that'd be Ludwig Granson for the Mandalorian for me. Cool. So, done and done. Kuya. Um. Let me see. Um, I you know it, Mandalorian. I like the song. You know, that's yeah. fine. Wonder Woman, it was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, the <clears throat> ah, like, oh, the, the soundtrack for Ghost of uh, Tsushima. Oh, oh yeah, my boy. That's my boy right there. I was thinking of like, you know, what video games that I actually love. So. That's three. Okay, yeah. I, I put... I can't oh, believe I slipped on that one. Yep, yeah, I agree. Ghost of Tsushima, the, the soundtrack was amazing. Like the way, the way it carried itself, you know? It was fantastic. Kuya is 100% correct. It mixed so perfectly with the video game. It was flawless. You want to talk about a masterpiece? We can talk about that. The music. Mm. Anything else? Well, nope. Okay, cool. So I guess that's a good transition for uh, video games. Yep, yep. Thank um, you. <laughs> I, was think I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, I haven't gotten to play a lot of new games. So... The one that I really enjoyed recently is um, Star Wars Squadrons. Oh, yes. It's just so much fun to get in the so cockpit of an X-Wing or an A-Wing or a TIE Fighter, which really, as Poe Dameron said, this thing moves. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
Cyberpunk has been the only thing that I've played that's new this year. And despite its flaws, it's been a good game. And I'm still going back. So Cyberpunk. Is it glitching still? Um, it has gotten worse since I've gotten <laughs> further into the game. Woo! Yeah, there has been um not good. And it's always with <laughs> cutscenes, is it struggle the hardest? Hmm. So um that's but it's been really unfortunate. Um nothing has affected my gameplay with combat or nothing yet. So that's what's really good. But yeah, with story, I it glitches out like some stupid stuff all the time. So that's unfortunate. It's crashed on me a couple times. So I heard, I heard you can't shoot tires. Is that true? Are you supposed to shoot tires? I don't know. I was just wondering, like, if somebody, somebody was like chasing you, you can shoot tires. Oh, I haven't even tried. I oh, usually okay. just shoot at the guys that are leaning out the window. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's fun, man. Like, I love the smart weapons in that game. Smart weapons are so much fun. Mm. But um, yeah, that, that'd be the only one. I still play Rocket League. I've been playing that for five years, so I guess I could, I I guess I could say that game too. So, <laughs> but uh, that's it for me. That's cool, man. Yeah, baby. Um, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, Among Us. Among Us. And um, uh. Fall Guys. Oh, Fall Guys. I didn't even play that. That got yeah. my attention for like 10 minutes, and then I was like, wow, I suck, and then I never played it again. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's in like it's infuriatingly fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you get so frustrated, like you just want to quit after like a couple of games, but then like like no way there's no way this this little kitty, you know, PlayStation game is gonna ever beat me. Fuck this game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 fun, and then Among Us with like uh with friends is amazing. I need so. to play that because everybody's like raving about Among Us, like they love it. I need to play it, it too. It's like Mafia. If you guys like play play the card game, Mafia. really? Yeah, it's like Mafia. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I might be so. on board now. And then, like you know, if, you know, if you if you're if you if you see a dead body, you report it, and then. And then people start blaming other people for, for stuff. And I hate to say it, but we should record it and put it on Twitch. We play a game together. Hell yeah, that would be fun as fuck, man. I'm sure I'm sure Jester would just like go after me and killing me anyways, regardless. Oh, I guarantee you he would. He's a rotten oh, bat. I would make you guys think that the whole time. But yeah, I'm really, I'm really the good guy. Yeah. He'd be too busy prostituting him himself out for me. So yeah. <laughs> Where's Pinhead at? Oh, there you are, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you're done, right, Kuya? Yeah. I don't want to interrupt you. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna start off with the worst game of the year. Mm. So what's the worst game of the year? Let's think. It's not what you think. The wor- the most egregious game of the year is Last of Us Part Two, but the fucking <laughs> worst game of the year, it's hands down Crystal Dynamics Avengers. <laughs> that shit is a piece of fucking garbage. And if anyone sees it in their bargain bin, still run away. It's garbage. Why? 
Horrible. Because, for example, we already know why. <laughs> I don't. I haven't played it. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll give you a quick synopsis. You're Iron Man, and you feel great, and you're flying around, and you're shooting people, and, and then you fall. Like, that shit. You're shooting people, or you're shooting people for an unlimited. You just keep shooting, 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 shooting. And then it ends. What? And then we go to the next level. And then you're Iron Man again, and you're shooting, 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 just doing the same bullshit over oh, and over. You, you're better off jerking off to your mother. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Seriously, you're better off masturbating to your mother or your grandma. You'll get far more value out uh, of it. At me. Or, or here's another great one. You want to fight the Taskmaster 72 times? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to fight him 72 times? And <laughs> here's the game for you. Here, I got it for you. Right there. Piece of shit. Well, we are getting the Black Widow film. So. Uh -huh. He'll be a lot better than facing him 72 times, you know. <laughs> Get someone new. But that 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 that's that's the that's the worst game of the year. So let's go to the beauties, the fantastic gyms. <laughs> so what do I got? Uh, okay. Oh, this one's hard. I played so Call of Duty Black Cold War is at the bottom. So I would say four. Call of Duty is five, maybe. Um, now, I'm only going to give three. Call of Duty, Cold War, I know people hate it. And then, oh, it's just not a Call of Duty game. You know, they're creaming in their jeans. That's fine. You cannot take away, even if you hate this game, you cannot take away the campaign. The campaign is fantastic. Like every intricate detail they have put into this from Ronald Reagan to actually paying attention for once, you know, you brain dead Mountain Dew fucks. You actually paid attention to detail and put it in this game. This is the best campaign since Call of Duty Black Ops 2. So it's number three for me. Number two, oh man, this is hard because I got to do it. Ghost of Tsushima is number two. Ghost of Tsushima is a fantastic, fantastic game. With the Kurosawa mode alone, it makes it beautiful. The soundtrack, the gameplay mechanics. See, I'll take the hat off. This is what happened. This is what happens when you do good storytelling, Druckman. This is what happens when you actually can articulate your game to be the best graphics, the best storytelling, the best gameplay. We can go over all we want, but Ghost of Tsushima is one of the best games of the year, if not the best game. And the only reason why it's not number one for me is because of the amount of hours I played with the other game. 
And I think everyone here knows what my favorite game of the year was. Number one. Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate was fantastic. I love bashing people's skulls in, ripping their hearts out, crushing their nuts, like everything. Like you feel everything. And then you, I don't want to feel my nuts getting smashed, bro. Like right, you, you do. You feel like, like, Jester can attest to this. And I'm sorry, Jester. I apologize in advance. But every time since I've been playing Mortal Kombat, I fucking, when we go to work, I mimic like crushing his balls or bashing <laughs> his head in or like, because yeah. that's how, pow- that's how powerful Mortal Kombat has been for me because it, it, it's, so much fun, and it's then when you add Rambo, sorry to interrupt, Robocop, it's- Robocop, come on, <laughs> fucking Robocop, and it's and it's not just some ninety nine cent store Robert Cop who voices Robocop. It's fucking Peter Weller, the legend. <laughs> he they got fucking Peter Weller, they got Arnold, and they got Sylvester Stallone to do the fucking voices. Come on. Like they paid money out of their ass to get these guys to be in there and fucking fuck shit up. This game is fucking awesome. You can blow a motherfucker's dick off with a a fucking hand cannon with Robocop. How can you not love that? You can blow Molina's pussy right off the map with Robocop's hand cannon. Like that is fucking amazing. If you if you don't like that, I'm sorry, feminist. If you don't like that, then you can stab Rambo right in his cock 33 times with Melina with her size. There you go. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Mortal Kombat Ultimate is the fucking greatest game of this year. I'm sorry, not uh, sorry. So is that is that move called? <laughs> Fuck! It's great. It's fucking awesome. I love the fucking. Is game. that move called the nut crusher? It's called the dick crush. It's called the dick stabber. It's called Bangkok. I was gonna say the nut. Yeah, crusher. it's called Bangkok. <laughs> it's awesome, like, and, and and the best part about it is, you can go online, and you can get your ass kicked, and you feel like shit, but it's balanced enough to where you can go online and you can still kick ass at the same time, so it's balanced. It's a perfect, it's, it's one of my all time favorite fighting games in the last 10 years. Like the only thing that I love more than Mortal Kombat 11 ultimate was Tekken three. And that was a long time ago. This is the best game since Tekken three. This, excuse me, the best fighting game since Tekken three. This is awesome. Keep it up, guys. Next time, make sure you get a pinhead in there. Put pinhead in there so he can rip the dicks off people next time around. Like, I can't <laughs> wait for it. I can't oh, wait gosh, for dude. it. Killing me, bro. Oh, I can't wait for it. Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, buy it. It's worth it. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. All righty. Um, <laughs> next category I have is... Uh, this could be a comic book, graphic novel, or book. Um, I didn't get to read a lot this year, uh, but I'm slowly trying to get back into reading more graphic novels. 
Um, so the one, uh, my honorable mention is Batman: Curse of the White Knight, which nice. is a which is a sequel to my top pick, Batman: White Knight. That's awesome. It's part of the yeah, it's part of the, the DC Black Label series, and it is awesome. It's a great story. It's an awesome story. Um, unlike it's a good take. It's yeah, a good take exactly. And I could see it like, man, if they made this into a movie, holy shit, wow. That would be a very, very cool Batman movie because you get all his rogue, pretty much all his rogues gallery. And um, yeah, I described the opening scene of Batman White Knight where, you know, um, it starts off an Arkham Asylum and Batman arrives or you, you think it's Batman that arrives and then he gets off the Batmobile, walks in, guards are like, oh, this way, Batman. And like, oh, I know my way around here. And then the person goes in Arkham Asylum, goes up to a cell. And then when you look at the cell in close up, uh, it's not Batman, it's Jack Napier, who AKA in this story is the Joker and Batman's in the cell. He's visiting Batman. And that's what like got me to be like, what the hell is going on? Like, what the shit? So, really cool story. Jester? Uh, mine would... So, the best book I've read this year, and I didn't read much until the last two, three months, so it would be Dune. Hell uh, yeah! <laughs> that's what I'm talking about! I got... Uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming! Fuck yeah! Yeah, I got uh, Dune on Audible and was able to listen to the audiobook while at work, and great, great storytelling. Man, what... <sighs> what world building man i um so it's, it was just a good read and it was just really entertaining really interesting it was just different like thank god for something different you know yeah that's like, why i gave it to you man because yeah it's... my goodness so that would be mine for 2020 fuck yeah i'm so happy <laughs> yeah um the the ending of uh, the DC Metals uh, episodes or, or comics is uh, coming to a close. Um, there's a perfect scene there where all uh, members of um, the Teen Titans, from old to new, are uh, together uh, again for the last time. So basically, they they knew they knew that they're gonna die because like that uh, in the 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 series uh, that that's. Uh, death metal like you know it, it's always bleak because everybody dies even the superheroes die and all that stuff right so, mm, so basically the team yeah um the, uh the teen titans were like probably the the last bastion of hope for everyone just because like uh, some of the mean superheroes were gone already so they said it was a moot point like you know what, what, what can we do without you know, all the powerhouses and everything like that. And then, you know, oh, we have together, you know, we're, we're together, whatever, whatever, you know. So people were all whatever. And it pretty much uh, did a redemption arc for Wally West because Wally, Wally West turned into like a, some sort of a bad guy uh, the, the past year and a half. So so he, um, he, he came back to the Teen Titans and everybody just forgave him, and they they just did this like this send off, very beautiful scene. Like um, all of them, um, it's like you know, 
the Titans forever, uh, or Titans together forever. I think that's the, that was the last uh, thing that they said. And <clears throat> the picture you see is like all of the Titans, and they're Donna Troy, um, you know, uh, Kalel or Connell, sorry, um, and and then the other the other people. So it was it was it's pretty cool. Um, I haven't been reading too many comic books just because it's boring. It's boring now, but because you know everybody wants to, to just out, you know, out super whoever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm looking forward to like Nick in the, in the next couple of years when when they the rumors of uh, the the Marvel DC crossover will happen and. Um, that big fight between Thor and Superman is the Marvel one that I'm versus looking. DC too. No, no, it's just basically you know like specific people in uh, in Marvel, specific people in DC. Yeah, Marvel versus so... DC too. <laughs> because that's exactly how Marvel versus DC yeah. happened in the but, first place. You know, so it's, it's they're gonna they're gonna fight in a sense. <clears throat> Like um, what was that? Um, Doom, Doomsday uh, Doomsday Clock uh, ended last or this on twenty twenty also. So it's it, over. Yeah, Doomsday Clock is over. Um, okay. It actually showed the the importance <laughs> of Superman uh, in in the in the realm of the DC universe. Um, because the the, the reason the reason um, Doctor Doctor Manhattan w- changed all these things is because he was curious, because he says like you know, if if I change this, like who's gonna notice? And uh, of course people notice and everything, right? But he says that the it it all started with the very first one, with the very first superhero. Yeah, I dug uh, that. The the action the action hero you know the action series you know the action comic book um, where uh, Superman saved the 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 car from getting wrecked and all that stuff. Okay. So he said he says like you know he was just curious at the fact that like how how Superman is always the main constant when it comes to 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 the DC universe how no matter what the odds are he he still remains hopeful he still remains you know. You know, strong and upright, and and always wants to do the good <laughs> things and, and all that stuff, right? And yeah, and then at, at that point uh, in the in the scene or in the in the end of that that particular comic, he mentioned that um, in the future, uh, so Superman will uh, will face uh, the God of Thunder. And and a green uh, a green uh, uh, angry giant would assist him in 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 helping destroy the the god king uh, thunder. So I'm like, uh, I guess it's Hulk versus Superman versus uh, uh, Thor. So I don't know. I don't know what's what's gonna happen in that kind of storyline. But I just it just piqued my interest. You know, that's all. But that's like two years or three years from now. So it's not really. Uh, they can probably just rehash that some other time. So, go ahead, Pinhead. So until then, you're going to get absolute shit. Yeah, I'm sure. So, 
I'm an illiterate bastard, so I don't know how to read. You know, so I do most of mine on Audible, but right now my top three are Altered Carbon. Thank you, Jester. That You're welcome. Shit is fantastic. Like You're welcome. it's way better than the series. Yep. Sorry, not sorry, but it is fantastic. My number two, and I can't believe that this is number two, considering my name is Pinhead, but my number two, and I've been waiting for a long time to actually read this because I've heard about how much Clive Barker just rips apart the franchise, but Clive Barker's Scarlet Gospels, it's, it's, it's really good. If you're a film Hellraiser fan, it might not be good for you because they do some stuff in there that you're not going to like because Clive Barker hates, hates, I repeat for the cheap seats, hates Hellraiser past Hellraiser 1 and 2. So, and it's very evident in this book. My final book would be The Stand. I'm rereading it and listening to it because of this piece of shit series and it reaffirms how much I fucking hate this series on CBS All Access. I wish whoever decided to go this way and make this a non-linear story where you completely throw out the first half of the book I don't want you hurt or dead. I just want you kicked in the dick a couple of times so you learn your lesson and never do this shit again. Like, a couple of kicks in the dick. I mean three or four. One hurts. By two, exactly. I want a couple of kicks so that, that way you either learn not to do this shit again and do better next time or never do it again. Never make another thing again. Because the stand is egregious. The new series is just terrible. And reading this book again for the third time, because I've read the stand two times already, this is the third time where I've actually listened to it on Audible and paid attention even more. Yeah, the new miniseries is garbage. So the stand would be... That would be the end of my book because I didn't read much. Like I said, I read Ultra Carbon and uh, The Stand, and that's it. Hmm. So, nice. Oh, yeah, and the Scarlet Gospels. <coughs> cool. Alrighty. Um, then, next up, I have uh, Best Animated Film. So, honorable mentions for me are Soul from Pixar. And Trolls 2 World Tour, uh, just because my daughter loves that movie. And I like that they um, what they did with the story. And they actually introduce you. Because in the first Trolls movie, it's all just pop, uh, poppy music. But they actually expand the world of Trolls and introduce you to different genres of music. And the, like I mentioned to Pinhead, my daughter loves crazy train 
Uh, that's so awesome. Ozzy Osbourne is. That's a, so awesome. Your daughter's awesome. Like, that's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> so get this. <laughs> tried to play the original Crazy Train, and she's like, "What's that? That's not it." <laughs> no, no, you can't. You can't do that to her. Like, yeah. Right, but then you know, it's she'll it's, grow up to know. She'll exactly. grow up to know. And she loves uh, Wannabe from the Spice Girls. Oh, that's not, awesome. Not the original version, but of the version not. that they do in Trolls. So I'm like, this is interesting because this film has managed to do all these different genres of music. There's even some Kenny G in there. And it introduces <laughs> it to kids that, you know, without them really knowing, like, oh, this is your parents. This is like your parents know these songs. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not going to realize till like years later. So I thought that was really cool. And then, that is pretty fucking awesome, man. Yeah, and then, but but my favorite animated film of the year um, is Wolf Walkers. Um, it's an Apple Plus exclusive. I think it was released in theaters for a bit, but um, we did see it on Apple Plus, and that is just be- beautiful animation and just a really really good story as well. And uh, it's overall just gorgeous and a beautiful music too. So, um, for me, it would probably be my favorite animated film of the year. Would probably have to be Onward, with uh, Chris Pat and Tom Holland on Disney Plus. Um, <clears throat> tell, you, tell you what, man, the ending of that movie really tugged on the heartstrings, and it was unexpected. I didn't even want to see the movie, but I, I think it was released onto um, Disney Plus because the pandemic hit, right? So they yeah, didn't. We, uh, it was released in theaters for a bit, and then yeah. quarantine started, and then they had it available for uh, video on demand, and then before you know it, it was on. They just threw it on Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know, man. It was unexpected. I didn't even really want to watch it. Disney Pixar movies, man, they really can't do wrong. It seems like, and uh, yeah, someone was cutting onions in my house at the end of that movie. I was like, <laughs> whoo. Ooh, boy i was really trying to fight it too so it was it was it was great i'd recommend it um especially if you've got siblings uh, i'd recommend watching it so for sure kuya um anything from uh, studio ghibli if you have hbo uh, max like uh Todoro, uh, you know, House uh, Movie oh, Castle. Those? Yeah. It, 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 for me, it's not anime. Or it's not animated films. It's not uh, anime. For me, they're, they're just beautifully uh, artistic uh, movies. You know? the, the way uh, 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 the way the uh, Studio Ghibli uh, makes it, it's just amazing for me. It's, a, it's absolutely fantastic. So uh, watch, watch any of them. If, if you guys have HBO Max, uh, take full advantage of uh, the Studio Ghibli um, li- uh, library there. Hmm. Pinhead. Pinhead. That is definitely one I will check out because I've been hearing pretty good things about them. Mm-hmm. I've obviously seen. Isn't Princess Mononoke part of that? Yep. That's the only one I've seen. So that's the that's the best starter. 
yeah that that one is it really is and i'm gonna go further but i haven't seen really anything animated this year i'm not an animated guy if i excuse me if i had to say anything gun to head i would pick uh justice league dark apocalypse that was fantastic just having a rated r animated film makes me feel good because it's for people like me i want the darker more intense f-bomb movies so that really that one was good um i don't know if superman red sun counts that one was awesome I saw that this year, and what was the other one I saw? I saw one more that was really good. Um, okay. I can't remember what it was, but it was, for me, it's Superman, Red Sun, and uh, Justice League Dark, because those are the ones that stick out that I was like, yeah, those were the movies I saw this year that I actually bought with my own money and have. So, yeah, those are the two that I saw this year that I was really impressed by, especially, especially Justice League Dark Apocalypse. That was great. So. All righty. Awesome. Um, next up, I have uh, Best Actor and Best Actress. I'm just going to combine them. Um, best Actor for me, hands down, is Pedro Pascal for the year. Um, just for the Mandalorian and then of course he does some great stuff in Wonder Woman 84 um, and he also has that Robert Rodriguez like kid superhero film <coughs> I still need to watch it um, trying to watch it with my daughter so and then uh, for best actress um, it's going to be Anya Taylor-Joy for me for the Queen's Gambit and Gal Gadot for Wonder Woman 1984 Hmm. You know what? I think I'm going to go with Bill Burr for um, his performance in The Mandalorian and like making that episode like my favorite episode of the show so far um, and really bringing out his acting chops, especially coming from a comedian. Um, uh, so yeah, him and uh, oh my gosh, a, a female act- actor. Hmm. Who do I pick? Because the girl in uh, Dawson for Ahsoka motherfucking Tano. Eh, I like her a lot, but <laughs> I wasn't. I mean, you know, she's good. I just I don't know if I was feeling it. Hmm. I guess. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe Gal Gadot because yeah, she was she was <laughs> she's tugging at my heartstrings a little bit too with that one scene. So maybe I'll, I'll give it to her for that. Yeah. Cool, yeah. The entire cast of Parasite. Ooh. Uh, um, uh, I, I don't know their names. I, I'm not ready to be honest with you, but like, it, it didn't matter. I, I, I know like the characters and, you know, all that stuff. And it, it was just, it was just pef- uh, perfectly acted. Like, you know, like you can, you, you can see the, the, the dire need for them to to keep everything a secret and you know all, all the other stuff and 
it was just amazing. And then the little twists at the end and all that stuff. And it's just great. So, yeah. That I'll, I'd keep that simple. That's it. The entire cast of uh, Parasite. Nice. Pinhead. Um, I would say that Okay, so Gal Gadot comes close, but I have to go to Journey Smollett from Lovecraft Country. <laughs> she put on a fantastic performance, and she, I'm probably saying her name wrong, but it doesn't, she is a phenomenal actress. She uh, started as a kid actor, and she's really proving how phenomenal she is. She was in a Birds of Prey, wasn't she? Yep. Yeah, she's in Birds of Prey. She's uh what's her name? Black Canary. Yep. And uh she's she's phenomenal in Lovecraft Country. She's awesome. Like you really feel her pain, you feel her joy, like she sells it and she's she's just amazing. So I would give it to her for Lovecraft Country. Um for a man, it would be a close tie between Washington's character in Tenet. Okay. Because he's a phenom- he's proving that he is with black clansmen in this movie, he is stepping up to his dad's potential. And uh it's weird that like actually know, actually the only person that edges him out is Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed's performance in Sound of Metal was so phenomenal that if he doesn't at least get a nomination, it will be absolutely an it'll it'll be an embarrassment. It'll be an embarrassment, especially if some random white boy gets it. Like it'll be an embarrassment. So, I I I, I really I think Riz Ahmed is where I'm at right now this year so far. He's phenomenal. Cool. Just the just the way he portrays being deaf and all the work he had to go through, like I said, with the metal band, learning to play drums for six months and learning learning to sign legitimately. Yeah, Riz Ahmed is my male actor of the year so far. So I haven't seen anyone better. Cool. Alrighty, uh, my last category. Um, best announcements of the year. So, oh, announce yeah. oh, like movie announcements? Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, most anticipated? Hell yeah. Mm, uh, okay. <laughs> so, my runner-ups uh, are uh, the Lucasfilm Disney Investor Day announcements. Um, the fact that we're getting. Uh, well, we knew we were getting a Kenobi series, but the fact that we're getting Hayden Christensen back, oh boy, that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, for a rematch, baby. And then um, Rogue Squadron film, we're getting that. That That's amazing by uh, from Patty Jenkins. And then, of course, the Ahsoka series, which was expected. And then you've got, like, so many shows, like, coming up, so many series. And then... <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry that's a thing that pinhead and i like to do to throw yeah. into the show <laughs> <laughs> my next runner-up is 
from the DC fandom um, summer con uh, virtual convention. The announcement oh, yeah. of Michael Keaton coming back to play Batman and Ben Affleck in the same movie in a, a little movie called Flashpoint, or at least the Flash movie. I don't, we're not sure if it's going to be called Flash, Flashpoint, or just Flashpoint. But um, yeah, of course, my biggest top announcement of the year is uh, something that I've been waiting for for the longest time, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, which is coming fairly shortly <coughs> in March. So, and the fact that that was announced finally, mm. the haters can suck it. So, mm. yeah. hmm, I don't know if I if I have any announcements that like really blew me away this year. Really, yeah. I, I know I know that it sounds horrible to say, but like. All of them, I were kind of like, hmm, I, I guess I'll have to wait and watch. Oh, nothing like the book of fucking Boba Fett. Remember, I didn't really want a Boba Fett show. Oh, that's right. But you're getting, yeah. You, I know. You, I'm, no, I'm, I'm getting one, and I'm gonna suck up every drop I can. You betcha. But I'm still, I'm not, still not like psyched about it. Like I'm kind of, yeah, I'm disappointed that we're not getting season three right away of the Mandalorian. You know, um, that kind of bums me out. So uh, I'm I'm excited for the next season of Star Wars <laughs> television that we're gonna get next year, um, but I'm cautious for some strange reason. Hmm. But uh, I think if I really had to dig deep at the all the announcements this year, I think Rogue Squadron is the most intriguing to me, aside from the Alkalite. Um. Just because I've always loved the dog fighting in um, the Star Wars movies. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think my favorite, like the, one of the reasons why I like Rogue One so much is because that third act when they're all in, they're fighting to open the gate <laughs> to the planet. Um, so to see like a, a, like a full-on like squadron movie is exciting. Like just like Top Gun, Star Wars, like come on, man, that'd be awesome. I want to see homoerotic volleyball, you know, <laughs> them playing some kind of sport uh, on the base. <laughs> Topless. Uh, Topless. Oh. oh yeah, all shirtless. Show me some alien with Kenny Loggins playing in the background. <laughs> Highway to the danger zone. You know, I I expect all of that. I mean, motherfucking but, um... next rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. And if Tom Cruise doesn't make an appearance, then you know it's over. No, I'm just kidding. The future I, I don't, of this industry. Yeah, I don't I don't want him in Star Wars. <laughs> I don't need that guy in Star Wars. <laughs> but uh all jokes aside, um Rogue Squadron is the most intriguing to me. <laughs> and that is something that I am actually really looking forward to. So everything else, I'm I'm just cautiously waiting, and I'm excited, but I'm I'm cautious about everything. Um, because what happens is if I overhype something, then it doesn't like appeal to my satisfactory, then I don't like it. So I'm, I'm trying. I've been trying to stop that crap, which is you know, like give me like four years ago, I would have done that with Wonder Woman, and <clears throat> who knows, I would have been that kid on that commented on the on the YouTube channel. That was probably you anyways. <laughs> Shut up, Kuya. 
That's great. Dumb prick. No, but, but for real though. Yeah. <laughs> with, with Kuya's wonderful transition, you can you can let us know what your favorite are. I take uh, any announcements uh, with a grain of salt. Uh, Mike knows this. I, I get hyped up too much sometimes. But uh, when I found out that um, <coughs> Zack Snyder, uh, the Sn- Zack Snyder's uh, Snyder Cut is going to be released, for, for me, it's just like, it's a, you know, about a fucking time. You know? Um, one, one thing I'll be super hyped up uh, for is if they make a Man of Steel 2. Uh, release like announcement just saying hey you know what uh, for, just because you guys are watching uh, uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League um, here's a preview or he's, here's a preview of the, the next project and it's going to be fucking Man of Steel 2 over there I don't know that would be, that would be cool right it, it, may, it may not happen that would be nice it may not happen but you know hey I'm just saying it'll never happen because of these fuckwits, but hey. Yeah. Henry Cavill, like, I guess Henry Cavill is uh, trending in uh, Twitter. Henry Cavill Superman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zack Snyder tweeted about him. Henry, hashtag Henry Cavill Superman. Well, that's that's all well and good. Like, we can all wish for it, but at the end of the day, it's up to Hamada. So. He needs to, he needs to and he him. shows no signs of actually caring about a sequel to Man of Steel. So, what a dickhead! Yeah, and he's gonna be there for a little bit longer. So, who yep. knows if we'll ever get one? Yep. <laughs> fucking enraged with that. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Anything else, Kuya? That's it. Those are the only two announcements that I care for coming uh, 2021. So. so now that you're a part of the initiated, I don't know why you didn't announce this, but everybody knows what I'm excited for. The three things I'm excited for, if you know me. One is Dennyville News D- Dune. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Cannot wait for that. But more importantly, way more importantly, and I'm sorry for the Dune fans, but this is this is this has come a long time, and I need to see what this. Be nice, be nice, be nice. What this nice guy will do? I'm looking forward to seeing Halloween Kills. I don't know why, but I am because I'm a a glutton for punishment. But anyway, I'm also really, really looking forward to James Wan's new horror film, Malignant, because this will this will be the transition to Aquaman, too, if he does it. Um, Malignant, I'm very, very, very interested to see what his style will be coming off of the fast film and Aquaman because he hasn't legitimately done a horror movie since that. So I'm very interested to see what James Wan does with Malignant. 
Um, I'm also interested. I don't know why, but I, if, if it ever gets out, I'm interested to see the new Candyman film. Although I'm very, very reserved about it. Um, and also finally Godzilla versus Kong. That's my, that's my, Hmm. I can't wait. Interesting. Especially considering we're getting a rumor that we might get Mechagodzilla in this film as a hidden villain. You know, if the rumors are true and spoiler alert, Godzilla, as we know, and King Kong will team up, you know, as Hollywood loves to do it after their two big battles, you know, just like Batman v Superman, you know, they battle each other. So I'm very interested to see how they continue this cinematic universe with Godzilla and Kong. So is their mother's name King Martha? <laughs> yeah, probably. So I think that I'm more if I'm really being honest, I'm more looking forward to what we're gonna get in music this year. So but that's that's where I'm at. I Dune, Dune, Dune and uh Dune is the front runner. Dune is absolutely the front runner. I have to see Dune and what he did with this. I need to know. I would have said Whether Dune. It's in theater it or on a, huh? I said I would have said Dune, but it broke my heart that it got pushed. I know it's needed, but it broke I my know. Heart. It's just I'm very interested to see because there's some casting choices that I wouldn't have made. And I think you can see him now, Jester, now that you actually finished the book. But I'm interested to see what Denny Villeneuve does because he he claims this is his best work so far. He yeah. claims that this is his masterwork. And now I'm really intrigued because he's not made a bad film. Yeah. Oh, he may not be the box office sensation that everybody wants him to be, but he's not made a bad film. Not one bad film. Yeah. His mediocre films are better than a lot of the best films supposedly that are out there. So if any if anything, they're just visionary masterpieces. Yeah, they're exactly. And I'm very interested to see what he does with Dune because Dune is a visual feast. So yeah. Dune is definitely my number one pick and an honorary mention to Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, if I'm not mistaken. I'm wait. Fuck the Snyder cut. I'm sorry. Get on that shit and give me some zombie goodness from your greatness because you made Dawn of the Dead perfectly as a remake. Fuck the Snyder cut. I want the fucking new zombie movie that you do because you're awesome with zombies. So let's do that. Sorry, Mike, but fuck the Snyder Cut. I want the Army of the Dead. So there's a sneak peek of the Army of the Dead in the latest issue of Entertainment Weekly. Yep. And um, it, I was reading through it, and he mentioned that uh, Zack Snyder's had this idea for a while. <laughs> I know. Yeah. When he had a meeting with one of the top dogs at Netflix, he mentioned the idea, and the the guy – the the Netflix CEO or like some one of the guys who like is in charge of like creative, like, you know, making these Netflix original films uh, told Zack Snyder, like write that and we'll make it. And so that's why he worked on it. And then, you know, that's, 
they they worked on it so it's it's got a really interesting concept it's got a great looking cast and um it has a four hour prequel animated series that'll be that'll really? be on netflix as well so i can't wait i cannot wait because yeah i want to see what he goes into horror with I, I I'm I'm loving this. Oh yeah, and then in that there's a sneak peek. Uh, so there's two shots that they uh, and he he even filmed with like an 8K camera, um, which is like it's <laughs> gonna look absolutely gorgeous. Uh, so there's that scene where you see the cast breaking into the vault, and then if you look at the full size image you see on the foreground of that shot all the money and like the everything in the vault on the top left right on the side of the uh of the vault door there's film canisters on the top shelf and it's the same film canisters that pretty much housed his mm -hmm. Snyder cut of Justice League so it's right there the Snyder cut exists um that he that he tweeted and he also posted about on Vero a while back when people were saying that the Snyder Cut did not exist. Those same film canisters are right there in that shot. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, I missed one thing. And this is a shout out to Dan, my boy, Dan. Oh, yeah. Many Saints in Newark. I cannot wait for that. That's because then I'm giving... Full 100% credit to Dan. 100% to you, boy. I love you. Thank you for this. The Many Saints of New Newark, the Sopranos prequel. The cast is so fucking stacked. I cannot wait. John Barenthal playing Tony Soprano Sr. That oh. alone, that alone is worth the price of admission. Then the you add on Joey Diaz is in there. The Punisher is uh, yep. who's playing Uncle Junior? I can't remember who's playing Uncle Junior, but oh, the dude from Ant Man, like I was telling you, he's playing Uncle Junior, the villain of the first Ant Man. I can't remember his name. Yeah. He's oh, playing yeah. like it's fantastic casting, and I thank you, Daniel. Thank you, thank you for putting me onto this because at, before I didn't care. I heard. Soprano sequel. Nah, who fucking cares? But then when he told me about that, I looked it up. And not only is that cast stacked, but David Chase is writing the story. The creator of the Sopranos, you're welcome. He's writing the story, and that's going to make it phenomenal because he has to write the story because it's his baby. He knows the mythology in and out. He's the Dave Filoni Sopranos. So, of course, he should be doing the fucking writing of this story. So I cannot... Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for telling me about this. I cannot wait for that fucking movie. I might actually be more excited for this than Dune. And that's saying a lot. Wow. Because I love... Love, love the Sopranos. The only show that beats the Sopranos is another HBO show, and that's called The Wire. Thank you. So that's it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree with The Wire. Yeah, The Wire is phenomenal. 
I can't wait to see a feature film on that. The Wire is phenomenal. So that's why I said thank you, Daniel. That I remembered that. Can't wait for it. So all righty. Well, what a list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, very interesting. Um, yeah, it's been quite an interesting year. Um, and at least we didn't have there was definitely no shortage of entertainment to look at. And that's not even everything, of course. Um, that Octopus Netflix documentary that Kuya mentioned, I actually wanted to check it out. I just haven't been able to check it out yet. But I've heard nothing but great stuff about that one. So, all right. It, it just looked weird enough for me to be interested. In it, you know? Yeah. And I, this heard it's beautiful. So. And this year might be interesting for documentaries, especially considering the Tiger Woods documentary is coming out soon. Yes, that's right. I can't wait for that. I cannot wait. And it's a two-Sunday event, unfortunately, but it's I think it starts this Sunday. Like or is it next and, Sunday? It's the rise and fall, right? Yeah. So we're coming very close to that, and I'm I'm looking. Well, it's the rise, fall, and rise again of the way they sold the trailer, it's the rise, fall, and rise back up again of Tiger Woods. The Denny's waitress takes him down, but it cannot <laughs> hold him down forever. So is he heavily involved with it? Or he has to be. He has to be because his his likeness, his all of it is all over the place. So if he's not involved with it, I think about suing. That's why I say I think he is involved with it because there's just too much, just too much. Yeah, because that, that's what I'm curious about. I'm hoping that we get something kind of like The Last Dance where you actually have interviews with him right there. Not past interviews, but like current, like where he's talking about, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I hope that we get that too because from the way they sold that trailer from what I saw yesterday – they're selling it like the last dance. So I hope that we do get some interviews. I want all the interviews like then middle and now I want all the interviews. Right. So, yeah. And then that trailer, when he's fought, when his father <laughs> is talking, I was like, wow, this is, uh, there's something here. So yeah, I can't wait for it. I, I really can't wait for it. Yep. So, Alrighty then. Well, thank you guys for listening. If anyone's got this far. <laughs> so, yeah, later. You guys can follow us on the usual stuff. Uh, Instagram at FMANDTB. You can follow Filmmaker <laughs> Mike on Instagram and at JediMike1128 on Twitter. Jester. Yeah, buddy. You can follow me at SequesterJ on Twitter. That's a question just on Instagram. And uh, shamefully, I just got a TikTok. So I'm at Sequester Jester on there as well. Uh, Kuya. Um, old man Jimmy right on Instagram. Um, yeah. Good head. Well, fuckos and fuckwits, you can follow me on uh, Facebook at James Crump. You can follow me on Instagram at pinhead198, and uh, that's where all the fun is going on. I got a Twitter, but I'm working on that right now, so it'll be fixed by the next episode. Nice. Yeah, baby. 
All righty. Well, that's the best and a little bit of the worst of 2020 as far as entertainment goes. So uh, we shall see what. Fuck the Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> oh well, well, these episodes have our new intro up on them. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Ooh. We'll, see. we'll see. Wonderful. Yeah. All righty. Thank you guys for listening. Till the next episode. Stay safe, y'all. Hey. Peace.